What is up, Warriors? As you can tell, we are back with another podcast. And today, I want to chat with you guys about what isolation can do to blood sugars. You're like, what? Isolation is another variable? Are you kidding me? There's already enough things in life that affect my blood sugars, right? Now, this is different, though. So, we're going to get into isolation, what kind of variables can affect you that might be new in your life, and what you can do about that. So, let's get into the theme song. I've spent the last 10 years pushing the limits while identifying trends and patterns in my type 1 diabetes management. Follow along as I learn, apply, and share the fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies that I've learned from diabetes experts around the world. The real question is, how can we live fearlessly with diabetes while maintaining stable blood sugars? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Matt Vandevecht, head coach and co-founder of FTF Warrior, and welcome to Part of My Pancreas. Alrighty guys, so today we're chatting about isolation, how that can impact blood sugars. You know, life life looks different now, right? Let's be real. Uh, over the weekend, I had the pleasure of hosting a bachelor party virtually for one of my guy friends and uh, he's getting married in about a week and a half, but it's not going to be your typical wedding. Unfortunately, he has to do it all over the internet and they're going to have a few immediate family members there. but. It's not going to be the same. It's not the same wedding that they planned for the last year, right? It's going to look a lot different, but they have to adapt. What choice do they have, right? They want to still get married. They're going to get married. Therefore, they will adapt to the current situation. Now, what that looks like for them is they're going to utilize Zoom and Facebook Live and whatever their virtual platforms there are. We're all going to show up and dress up in our suits and still have a good time together, but it's going to look a little bit different. It's a different situation that we have to learn how to thrive in. Now, with your diabetes, it's a new situation, it's a new environment, it's a new everything. With the isolation aspect, with the coronavirus and staying indoors, or at least you should be for the most part, right? Uh, things have opened up and closed back down. We're in a place now in California where things that have opened up are again closing back down. I kid you not, my gym was open for two weeks. I decided not to go back, and I'm thankful that I did because the cases have skyrocketed since everything was opening back up and the protests and who knows what, but there's too many cases out there. I decided to stay indoors, and of course now they're likely going to be closing the doors again to my gym. Uh, I have a sneaky feeling that they opened the doors just so they could charge us again and then close them. So that was <laughs> that's a different topic. But fact of the matter is I have not gone to a gym in, what has it been, like four, four five months now? Which is ridiculous. That's probably the most, the most time that has passed without me going to a gym since high school? Maybe? I don't even know. I was an athlete back then, so it's blown my mind. But the key point here I want to tell you guys is that there are new variables to you, not new variables overall, but new variables to you, to me, that are introducing themselves because of this isolation. Now, as a result of being isolated, of staying indoors for the first few months, I noticed some transitions in the first week with my blood sugars. Uh, with my insulin needs, with my stress management, with my energy levels, with my diet, with lots of different aspects of my life. But I want to talk to you guys real quick uh, about what my insulin levels look like and kind of what I I'd used to counteract that. So in the first couple of weeks, I noticed that my insulin needs went up by about 18%. I say 18% and you're like, Matt, that's ridiculously specific. I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know it is, uh, but that is the power of the formula that I teach, the blood sugar formula. I know, based on my formula, what I needed exactly to establish my foundational level of insulin, my basal, right, my bolus as well, but that's just, this is an entirely different conversation, but if you do not know the exact amount of basal and bolus insulin that you need on a day-to-day -day basis, that's a good indicator that you're not in control of your diabetes, right? That's, that's likely the reason why you're seeing massive fluctuations because you're either not taking enough insulin or you're taking too much, causing you to rebound and go roller coastering all day long. Completely different story, different talk, but set your foundations. Because I had set my foundation correctly, because I knew my formula for stable and predictable blood sugars, I knew the step I needed to take in the first few weeks of this whole stay-at-home initiative, the isolation, right? And I increased my insulin by about 18%, and I was able to maintain those stable and predictable blood sugars. But why did I need more insulin, right? That is a key question, and I, I just winced a little bit because when I threw my hands down, I hit my, my pump site. <laughs> Diabetic problems. Uh, anyways. Why did my insulin needs go up? Was it because of the pandemic? Was it because of the coronavirus floating around and the air quality change? No, it wasn't, right? I mean, if I had the coronavirus, that would be a great indicator of insulin needs changing. Uh, could it have been stress? Yes, technically, right? It's a stressful environment, stressful time surrounding us. Lots of things are changing. It's a whole new environment. We don't know how to react perfectly to this. And so there are higher stress levels, right? Elevated stress can lead to elevated blood sugar levels for a no numerous amount of reasons. But was it stress? I'm gonna say no, in my case at least. Uh, I was not overly stressed in that situation. What was another factor that changed? For me, I had stopped going to the gym, right? Gym's closed. Therefore, I stopped going because it wasn't an option. But why would that affect my blood sugars? I was still exercising, and right? I still continued my at-home workouts. I used my Warriors exercise band that FTF Warrior has. Uh, I used other resistance bands. I used a broomstick to act as a barbell. I attached bands to that. I got creative, right? I was doing jumping jacks and push-ups and bodyweight squats. I was still exercising. So why would that have an impact on me, you might ask? Well, it's because there's different types of exercise that yield different results on a blood sugar response level, but also on an insulin sensitivity level. Ah, now we're getting somewhere, right? So within blood sugar responses, different exercises, we see aerobic activity, something like running, hiking, walking, something keeping your blood, I'm sorry, your, your heart rate elevated for an extended period of time. And uh, I mean, I always, I try to stay surface level, but I love, defining this one, keeping your heart rate elevated to a point of around 70% of your maximum heart rate. We went over these rules in a previous podcast episode, but 70% of your maximum heart rate for a minimum of 20 to 30 minutes constitutes aerobic activity, okay? Jogging, running, walking, hiking, all that kind of stuff. Typically drop blood sugars and anaerobic, more intense side of the workouts, more often associated with weightlifting, uh, can often rise blood sugars. You think, well, okay, if you go into the gym, there's, that's anaerobic, if you're lifting weights, specifically. If that rises your blood sugars, why would that mean that you need more insulin when you're not lifting weights? Because if lifting weights means higher blood sugars, and you're not lifting weights, it means you should need less insulin, not more, right? But here's the thing, insulin sensitivity is different than your blood sugar response, these activities. I know we're getting kind of deep here, but I want to smooth this out for you guys. Insulin sensitivity 
is a, a direct result of exercise. Now, different types of exercise yield different insulin sensitivity ratios, okay? Within aerobic activity, if you're gonna go for a run, you will likely see a drop in blood sugars. I say likely because not everyone, but you will likely see a drop. That's a temporary boost in your insulin sensitivity. Okay, you're using glucose, your glucose is, is being absorbed and your insulin, especially if you have existing insulin on board, is gonna be circulated real quick. It's gonna be used up, it's gonna drop your blood sugars, could be dangerous if you're not ready for it. Not to say there's not a safe way to do it because if you use the formula, totally safe. Uh, but within anaerobic activity, let's use weightlifting as an example. Okay, if I'm doing heavy weighted barbell squats, what's that going to do? It's an intense exercise, it's most likely going to rise my blood sugars. However, what is actually happening in that moment? Right? When our muscles are used, especially in intense movement, we have these stores of energy inside of our muscle tissue called glycogen, it's stored glucose. The glycogen is used for the muscle contraction, and as it is used, it is depleted, right? As you use something, it goes away. So when those glycogen stores are depleted, our body in recovery needs to fuel and fill those glycogen stores back up. Essentially, you used the energy, now your body has to refill the used energy. So it's full again for the next time you want to go do weighted barbell squats, okay? Are you still with me? Hopefully this is making sense. Once you have depleted those glycogen stores, your body is going to pull glucose via GLUT4 receptors into the glycogen stores, which means you're using glucose from your bloodstream, which is effectively lowering your blood sugar over a period of time after the workout. <laughs> Wait a second, so if blood sugars can rise during the workout but then lower after the workout, what does that mean, right? That means you are insulin sensitive. You are in a sensitive to insulin state following resistance workouts. Okay, or anaerobic activity. Now the same is true for aerobic, but in a different sense and for a much shorter period of time. For aerobic activity, you are likely going to remain insulin sensitive for roughly 24 hours, for one day. But after anaerobic or heavy weightlifting, intense exercises, you are more likely to remain in an insulin sensitive state for 24 up to 72 hours, which means you remain in an insulin sensitive state for one to three days. Wow, right? Big difference. Big difference in the insulin sensitivity that is yielded from different types of exercises. So, what was at the gym that I do not have at home? Heavy weights, anaerobic activity, further yielding insulin sensitivity over longer durations of time, right? So as I began to do my at-home workouts, I was no longer able to push myself to the absolute max with heavy weights and deplete those glycogen stores, meaning I was unable to maintain that heightened level of insulin sensitivity over longer periods of time, which meant most of my workouts were still helping me to maintain insulin sensitive states, but not at the same level I was before, okay? So as a result, since I wasn't able to push myself with those heavy weights, my body needed a little bit more insulin to shuttle the glucose into my cells. As a result, I needed roughly 18% more insulin. This is of course gonna vary for everyone. I'm giving you my story as an example so that you can see not only do different types of exercise yield different blood sugar reactions, but different types of exercise will also yield different levels of insulin sensitivity for different durations of time. Your body will respond differently than mine. This is why you need the blood sugar formula. This is why the blood sugar formula exists. We are all different, but the same concept applies to all of us. The same inputs, the same formula will yield your answer 
to stable and predictable blood sugars. So in isolation, if you're seeing more insulin needed, less insulin needed, whatever your response is, there is a formula to it. There's a reason that your body is reacting this way. Now, it might not be obvious at first. It might take some time, some thinking, some outside knowledge, someone else like me to come in and look at your life, at your blood sugars, at your uh, extending variables to understand why your blood sugars are doing what they're doing. But the fact of the matter is, something changed. There is something that changed and caused that change and caused that change, right? And as a result, you made a change to keep your blood sugar stable you are effectively using a formula without even knowing it. Now what I want you to do is start isolating those variables, start figuring out why your blood sugars are doing what they're doing. Don't just blindly take more insulin. Don't just blindly eat more sugar. Figure out why it happened so that you can reproduce it. In other words, when the gyms do reopen, when I'm able to go back into the gym, start lifting heavy, I'm not going to be blindsided by heightened insulin sensitivity because I am aware of what my formula is. I am aware that when I go back to lifting heavy, my insulin sensitivity is going to peak and I'm going to require less insulin. Therefore, I'm going to have a smooth transition. Now, whenever this transition happens, I don't know, right? But I have full confidence in my formula. I have full confidence that through using my blood sugar formula, I'm going to be stable. I'm going to stay in range and it's going to be predictable. And because of that, my mental health has improved, my quality of life has improved, my spontaneous adventures can still happen. You get your quality of life back through using a formula. If you're not using any form of a formula, then you're blindly taking care of your diabetes, which means you are at the mercy of your blood sugars instead of controlling them. So that's all I got for you guys today. If you want to learn about how to discover your unique blood sugar formula, we call it the 80-20 blood sugar formula. I want you to learn how to use it and discover it on your own because you are unique. You're not gonna have the same formula as I do, okay? Or as anybody else, seriously. If you wanna discover your unique blood sugar formula, I want you to head to diabetesinaction.com. Check out the free training and uh, see if you can follow along. Have an awesome day, guys. I will see you in the next episode. Be sure to uh, rate this podcast. Show us some love because this is all free information. We have no plans of charging for this information. Uh, my, my gift to you is really this podcast. I love putting it out there. And the way that you can say thank you is through rating this podcast. I know that those of you watching on YouTube are not on the podcast. You guys can go ahead and hit subscribe. Add a subscriber to our list. Make sure you get notified of these videos going out. And if you are in the podcast, be sure to rate us. Let us know what you like about the podcast, and I will see you guys next time. Keep up the fight.